So our epistle this morning is from Philippians, uh, second chapter. Paul writes, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who thought he was in the form of God, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every, name, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. This week, after reading this passage and meditating on it for a while, I have to ask the question, what does it mean to be of the same mind as Christ? See, more and more, I am coming to the realization that being of a like mind with Christ requires that I be intentional about setting myself aside, which is not an easy thing to do. Because I don't know about you, but in my natural state of mind, I tend to focus on me. I tend to focus on my wants, my needs. And when I do that, that behavior of mine is far from Christ-like. But I found that if I'm intentional about my relationships with Jesus and with others, if I'm intentional about modeling myself in Christ's image, and I allow the Holy Spirit to move me in the direction of the cross of Christ instead of my own selfish wants and desires. If I'm intentional about that, I find it easier to have that 
mind, that mindset that was in Jesus. Because see, that mindset is an attitude of humility. Imagine that, the God of the universe humbling himself to become one of us. Imagine the amount of humility, the volume of humility it would take to go from being Lord of the universe to a baby in a manger. If I want a Christ-like attitude, I have to ask myself, am I all about me or do I put the needs of others ahead of my own? Because what Paul is telling us here, he's saying, if you've gotten anything out of all I've been talking about all this time, about Jesus, if his love has made any difference at all in your life, if being in a community of the spirit, a community of faith, if that means anything to you at all, if you have a heart beating in your chest, that's filled with him rather than the things of the world, if you care at all, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help everybody else around you get ahead instead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own way, your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend someone else a helping hand. That's what Paul is saying here. And so to do that, think of yourselves the way that Jesus thought of himself. See, he had equal status with God, the Father. But he didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to all those advantages of that status, no matter what. No, quite the contrary. When the time came, he set aside all the privileges of being deity, of being divine, of being God. He put all of those aside and he took on the status of a slave. He became human. And then having become human, he stayed human. Through the course of his ministry on earth, he was completely human. We forget that sometimes. It had to be an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life. And then he died a selfless, obedient death. And not just death, but the worst kind of death, crucifixion. And because of that obedience, God lifted him high, honored him far above anything or anyone. So that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those who long ago died and were buried, everyone, everything will bow in worship before Jesus Christ. And call out in praise 
that he is the master of all and all to the glory and honor of God the Father. Paul really knows how to put it, doesn't he? I find it very telling that the attitude of humility, the attitude of obedience that Jesus exemplified elevated him in the eyes of God the Father. Humility, bending a knee, bending low, putting yourself last, elevates you in the eyes of the Father. That seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? That's not the way the world tells us. You've got to get ahead. You have to be first. Being second is just first to being last. Right? No. The attitude of obedience, the attitude of humility that Jesus modeled for us, elevated him in the eyes of God so that he honored him and gave him the name above all names so that at the name of Jesus, the mere mention of the name Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us that what glorifies God What causes God to lift us up, to elevate us, is an attitude, not of pride, but of humility. See, God hates a prideful, self-centered attitude. But God loves an attitude of humility. You've heard the saying, pride goes before a fall. Well, the rest of that is but an attitude of humility raises us up in the sight of men and of God. Pride goes before a fall. Humility raises us up to one another and to the God who created us. See, I know this all too well. I used to have a pride problem. I used to be all about self, but thanks be to God, I've learned a little bit of humility. Because as I often tell people, this collar that I have around my neck is not a reward for a life lived in perfect holiness and righteousness. Trust me, it is not. Far from it. But rather, this collar is a daily reminder to me. And it's a testimony to others of what God can do in the life of a miserable sinner who is just barely able to show a little bit of humility at a single grace-filled moment of surrender to Jesus Christ, my Lord. If you knew me before and somebody said, you know, someday that man's going to be a preacher. Once you got up off the ground from belly laughing, you would say there is no way. And of my own 
initiative of my own strength, you would be right. But God. God transforms people. He is all-powerful. And through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, he can take a miserable sinner such as myself and show me a little bit of humility. All it takes is a bit to get the ball rolling. If you can bend a knee just once at a moment of grace and surrender, he'll take it from there. And so Paul tells us to obey, even when no one is watching, when no one is watching, when we obey and we carry ourselves in an attitude of humility, that's when we're working out our own salvation, Paul says. How much humility do we have to have? Well, Paul says we should carry out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling. In other words, we should every moment of our lives as we work out our salvation, as we continue in this sanctifying journey to be more and more like Christ, every moment we should be in reverent awe of our Creator God because He is the one who is working in us by the power of the Holy Spirit, working in us to bring us into the complete, total fullness of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God Himself is working in you. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus, bend a knee, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's humility. And the Holy Spirit will complete the good work that God has started in you to bring you to fullness in Christ. Just bend the knee one time and see what happens. And so my prayer for each of you, especially those who might be struggling with a little bit of pride, and I'm not looking at anyone in particular, I point the finger at myself. Go forward from this place today into your week in total awe of God who enables you to desire to be more like Christ, who gives you the power and the ability to actually live out his good purposes. To do the kingdom work he's purposed you to do. To be who he called you to be. Because an attitude of humility is the attitude of Christ. It's the very essence of what it is to be Christ-like. I encourage you to be that today. Take that into your week. And do it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.